0: Welcome to Fran Path Consulting Podcast. I'm Sam
1: Schweitzer. And I'm Brittany Bodie. And together we are Fran Path Consulting. Happy New Year. Just about four weeks late. Brittany Bodie, how are ya? <laughs> Playing catch up.
0: I, I am I'd like to say I'm thriving, but I'm a little bit in surviving mode, having been out for (laughs) Christmas, New Year's, baby shower, monster truck trip. I am, I am, I'm living on caffeine. And you know, I'm not a caffeine girl. So I am, I am here.
1: (laughs) When you told me that you were headed to Dunkin' Donuts for a coffee the other morning, I mean, I must admit, I was like, well check. I almost called your husband like, is everything okay? Because usually I'm like, by the time I talk to you, I've like already worked out with the pre-workouts, about 150 milligrams deep there, had a coffee, <laughs> like, taking a B vitamin shot just to have the energy that you bring naturally. So I it's a byproduct of, I think, so much time in the supplement industry for me. I'm like, <laughs> my tolerance level is insane. But when you tell me you needed a coffee before 10 AM and like. Oh no.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I was dragging. I was dragging, but you know, I'm getting settled in and now that I've had a chance to catch my breath, I just feel this crazy immense amount of gratitude. You know, we're at year end now. We're doing all the tax stuff and all the business wrap up end of year stuff, but it makes you kind of go like, wow, we finished our first real full year of business we're only 15 months into this and it's just exciting to take a breath and take a step back and just see what we've accomplished and and I'm just really grateful
1: as I am writing our last quarterly tax to the United States government I mean not as grateful grateful we have money to pay him <laughs> certainly <laughs> but that doesn't bring as much gratitude but I think the interesting thing is just, as we review the goals that we set for this first year in business, you know, notably thinking that it would just still be us. I think that's been the biggest thing for me. That's really brought on a ton of gratitude for this year is the employees and team members that we've been able to add to the Frampath team. That's so exciting. It really is. I mean, we are nine
0: to 12 months ahead of plan on bringing on the people that we've brought on so far in our administrative support, in our marketing, bringing on our first consultant. So I'm really proud of that piece because it's just more people on our team that help us make an impact and they're making their own impacts. And that kind of leads me to think about our clients. And of course, I'm so grateful for them. And I've been around franchise owners my whole life and I've sold franchises, gosh, I sold them for over seven years. And one of the things that really surprised me as we evaluated our, our results of the year was just the diversity of clients that we had in age and gender and ethnicity. I mean, just you name it, there was a ton of diversity and that was really, really exciting to see
1: too. That was probably one of the coolest things. As we looked at other, we fall in the elder millennial category. And I think watching so many millennials be able to purchase businesses and then people really looking at, creating a family legacy and stepping out on their own and all the reasons, the whys on why people, you know, look into franchising as an investment opportunity, the diversity there was incredibly immense as well. And the locations, you know, we look at all of these different locations across the United States where people are impacting their personal communities. So Brittany, if you had to guess Our top two states for new business owners this year at Frampath. What would you guess? So I'm the numbers girl. So you're kind of giving me (laughs) a a
0: good lead here. Um, So I know the answer to this question, but I want to tell you what I thought it was going to be. And candidly, I thought it was going to be right in our backyards. I figured we were probably going to have clients the most in Georgia and in Wisconsin. Um, That's really what I was anticipating. So what I was surprised to see, though, is it wasn't the case. And so the reality of it was it was Texas and Florida Um, We had clients move forward with businesses across 14 different states, which was incredible. So we're working with clients all throughout. But I think where we started to see a trend was we'd get a client in Texas and then that client would tell their neighbor or their friend in a mom group or their colleague or the kid they grew up with and I think that's why we had such a big presence in Texas and Florida. We were very, very blessed to have people give us incredible referrals of their friends and family too. Um, and just living in the data, geeking out for one more minute, 40% of our clients that moved forward to purchase a franchise were referrals to us from either friends, family, colleagues, other clients that bought businesses. And candidly, clients that didn't buy businesses with us, that sent their friends and family, I so mean, a pretty cool moment too.
1: It really is the ultimate compliment when somebody enjoys the experience enough to tell somebody about it. And especially, it's it's not an experience like getting your hair done. It's an mm-hmm. experience that is one of the largest decisions families or individuals will make in their entire life. So that is just the best compliment that we can possibly get is when our clients trust us enough to refer us to their friends and family. And I think it goes without saying, I mean, our everybody that's on our team currently was also a referral. And, mm-hmm. you know, our colleagues in, in business have trusted us enough to send people our way that they felt would be a match too. And that is just so fantastic as well. It is. It's really special and You know, we're trying to pay it forward
0: and give referrals where we can too, and just help bring more great people into the franchise system. Um, You know, one of the things that you talked about as we were kicking off here was just seeing all different walks of people invest in in franchise opportunities, and I think that's something that I really want to circle back around and make sure that we cover because it is something that's changed significantly. Typically, we've seen baby boomer generation as the generation that's investing in franchises. Almost exclusively, the first seven years of my career, I was working with baby boomers. But it was a big change
1: this year. So it was really
0: interesting to see some of the trends.
1: I can't deny it. I mean, numbers don't lie. They don't have feelings. You're the numbers person. I'm a great reader. I can really read reports. So I also have the information. (laughs) (laughs) But... Our clients this year ranged in age from 34 to 68. So we really spanned a lot of generations there. And we had, you know, father, son, father, daughter, mother, son teams coming in to to start franchise businesses together, which was so cool. For the first time that, you know, in my franchise career in any way, our clients, we had millennials surpassing baby boomers. Which is a huge pivot in franchising. We're seeing millennial franchise owners really starting to gain a stronghold in every market across the United States. And then Gen X has really pivoted their view on franchising. Mm-hmm. It used to be I want to leave corporate America. I am done with this. I'm done with the man. I don't know what I'm going to do, but I need to do something for myself. What we're seeing now is franchise investors are looking at this not as a way to just ditch corporate America today, but as that off-ramp from the career that they have, or God forbid, they're part of a layoff or something happens. It's a speed bump, not a cliff. I'm building this asset over here that is providing for my family, and it's an investment that I can control versus the stock market versus real estate. You're kind of at the mercy of the market. But I think the Gen X clients that we have have identified more than any other group that they can take control of a business and view it as an investment and an asset and really are riding that. And that's been a lot of the motivation that we've seen. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, I I can't agree more. I mean, I think people want to ensure – people like the idea of having multiple revenue streams. They like the idea of having the side hustle, if you will. And it's a great vehicle to ensure that you have that soft off-ramp from corporate America whenever that time may be, for whatever the reason is.
1: Now, you've had a lot of millennial clients. I had more Gen X clients. You've had a lot of millennial clients this year. So if you had to guess, tapping into their brains, your brain, my brain, why are more millennials investing in franchises? You know... I've
0: thought a lot about that because you're right. I didn't even have a lot of, you know, millennials investing with their parents. I had a ton of millennials just investing by themselves and maybe with their spouse, who also is typically a millennial. And I think it's a couple of reasons. Number one, the millennial generation, we were raised by the baby boomer generation. And we saw what happened with our parents' generation in many cases, when the market crashed in 08, 09, jobs were lost, real estate crashed. So I think we have this little bit of waiting for the other to shoot a drop in a sense. I hate to say that, but it's the reality because we remember what it was like when we were kids and what our parents went through. Um, So I think that's part of it. And then the other part of it is our society is changing. We're not getting the pension, getting the gold Rolex. We're not doing all of those things. They're not available anymore. So we're looking at like, how do we carve out and build our future? We can't rely on just one company. Again, going back to how do we create those multiple revenue streams? How do we have options should something happen in the workforce And then I also think we have a little bit of mind shift happening. And some of it's with our generation. Some of it is the next generation beneath us. But it's not all about money. Some of it is about time. So I think we're starting to think about working 90 hours a week isn't it. Having a work-life balance is better. It's healthy. So becoming a business owner, owning your time. And I don't want to get the words twisted. (laughs) It is hard work, right? Business ownership is hard work. We work really hard in all of our businesses every day, but it is your schedule to control and it can help create a better work-life balance too. So I really think that's a lot of the motivator is just watching what happened with the baby boomers during the recession, during the real estate crash, wanting that work-life balance, wanting to build your own future and success and security. So I think those are some of the trends.
1: I think we also saw that there is no sure bet in corporate America and, and you said it, it's hard work. Business ownership is hard work. There's no sure bet in corporate America or business ownership. But if I was going to bet on myself or bet on somebody that knows me as a number on a page with 500 other employees in the office, I would surely bet on myself. And so many of our clients are really starting to take that bet because they have seen what can happen in a layoff or if the economy isn't that great. And certainly, if it comes down to it, I think that, you know, we were a generation that was told, you can have it all. You can have Mm -hmm. it all. You don't have to compromise. (laughs) So there is that dream of, can I have it all? Can I do it all? And the want to make that happen.
0: Yeah, and another thing that we saw a lot of um was couples. You especially. I mean, as we ran the numbers and we looked at our year-end, you had a lot of Gen X and you had a ton of couples. And you know, what we saw before was that typically head of household was involved in the franchise exploration process only exclusively. But now what we're seeing, what you're seeing especially and you were just on a call previous to this with a couple is yes. that both people are getting involved from the get-go in the conversation. Why do you think that's changed? Why are we seeing
1: that trend? Well, first of all, I think most households do have two earners now. So I we used to see households, especially with children or younger children, there would be one spouse at home and one spouse working. Now with the way, I mean, things are very expensive. It's very hard to maintain a family unit on one income. So we are having two earners coming in. We're seeing two. There's really no distinct head of household, if you will. They're dual income families. And that makes decision making fall a little bit more on the financial side on both parties in a relationship. So that's definitely something that is playing into that. The other thing we're seeing is with, like you you said, I worked with a lot of elder millennials and Gen Xers in our business this year. Kids are reentering school, which means if there was a spouse staying at home, even for a few years, they are wanting to reenter the workforce. Unfortunately, what we're seeing for very talented people is a five-year resume gap is viewed instead of as something that oh, that's great. You took care of your family. That's very hard. That's a totally different skill set. It's seen as, well, I don't know. You weren't in the workforce for five years. So spouses are wanting to reenter the workforce. They're finding it challenging, but they have this tremendous skill set to give. Therefore, business ownership really, really appeals to these people. And Spouses are a great balance. You and I experience that. You know, we both are mm-hmm. invested in businesses with our husbands. We said it a thousand times on this podcast. You and my husband, I think on any personality test, would rate identical. And likely <laughs> your husband and I would also be very similar in the way that, that we run things down. And there's this natural division of labor that I was discussing today with a couple I was talking to right before this call. You know, you just know how to handle things because it's the way that you handle things in your household. So it's very natural that you would divide labor in a business the same way. And it's not surprising to me that 60% of our clients this year that decided to move forward with franchise business ownership participated in the exploration with a spouse that's an incredible number and
0: it's exciting to see. And we have such talented, talented clients that deserve to to be great partners in business ownership because it's evident that they're great partners in life, you know, in their families and running a household is running a business in so many ways,
1: shapes and forms. So it's exciting to see. It is really exciting. And those are just a few of the trends that we saw this year. Personally, we've analyzed. Not This isn't just us thinking we saw something. This is Brittany running a lot of reports (laughs) and both of us analyzing those reports. So we helped our clients really achieve a lot of their goals, including franchise business ownership this year, across all different types of businesses. So what trends did we see?
0: So, you know, one of the trends that that we see and and I would say this is something that I've seen consistently for years. Most people assume that you need to invest in a franchise that you have expertise in, and that's not the reality of it. You don't need to have ever flipped a burger, changed a tire, know where your oil pan is, gotten your nails done. It doesn't matter. Um, and so that's something that's that's really stayed consistent is people are investing in industries that they have no experience in, but they have the other skills, the leadership, the management, the coaching, the sales, the marketing, the ops, and they're investing in a great franchise system that knows that widget inside and out. That's what you want. You want a great franchise or partner that understands the widget Builds a good training program so your team can be trained on how to manage the widget and then support you in how to manage the business. And then another thing that was cool to see is brick and mortar is back. Um, I think when COVID hit, you know, brick and mortar took a hit. It's the reality of, of what was going on in the world, but it's back and it's back stronger than ever, I would say. So that was really special to see that people are moving back to brick and mortar I know there was a lot of chatter of, you know, would we all go back to things in person? And we are. We are going back. We like that human interaction. So brick and mortar strong. And then another thing that I really um, noticed is that service brands are still holding strong. Interest rates are up right now. And so people want to invest in their existing home rather than purchase a new home. We talked about on a previous episode that we are planning to do that. We're going to remodel our bathrooms in our home. So people are investing in home services concepts. People are investing in B2B service concepts. B2B is something that's booming. And sometimes we have brands that can be both B2B and B2C And we'll have B2B sales executives or marketing execs or ops execs that can leverage those skill sets to build into a B2B system. So that's another thing I've noticed. And then the last thing that I noticed is it's not a sexy industry per se, but it is something that is always going to be there. And that's need-based services that are insurance driven. So emergency services, if you will, things like restoration, people are always, always going to need those services. And so I see that our clients continue to make investments in those insurance-driven, revenue-driven services.
1: And they're typically insulated by the economy. Mother nature Mm -hmm. doesn't care. Insurance has to pay. We do see a lot of people looking at resale value as they're planning, you know, restoration companies, home service brands, they have some of the best resale values when you see people listing those businesses after building them for sale. They're getting great multiples, too. And I think our clients have been able to identify that as they're building the exit strategy because one thing that we talk about very continuously is, let's talk about what the plan for this business is. Mm You want to know what is your strategy? How do you want to exit this business? Which seems very weird when we haven't (laughs) even identified the business, but it does play into the businesses that we choose to show people. If Mm -hmm. you want something you want to be in every day, that may not be roofing. But if you want a business that you can sell in five to seven years for a great multiple, that probably stacks up. Mm
0: hmm. And we tell people like, look at what is your exit strategy? Just like you said, we should think about that. But I also want to really get to people's why everybody wants to make more money. Everybody wants to have another revenue stream. Like those things are, of course, givens. But one of the things that you're great at is very early on helping someone identify their why. You've got to move towards something, towards some goal or away from some pain point. So what did you see with your clients as
1: kind of their whys this year? I think I talked about it a little bit earlier, but diversification. It was probably the number one thing that I heard. As we watched for the first time in almost a decade, the stock market really start to fluctuate. People didn't want to look at their iPhone screens and see where the market (laughs) was at every morning. And also that creates a little bit of discontent in the corporate environment. So people wanted that opportunity to control that and to control an asset and to have something that they could influence. The other thing that keeps coming up more and more is legacy. I want my kids to see me doing something. I want my family to be able to have something that's ours, that isn't dictated by a CEO that if they change tomorrow, I may not even be there. I want something that we can really be proud of. And that really bleeds into not relying on corporate America to continue to write your paychecks because who knows? I remember my dad told me, when we were thinking about leaving our previous position, he said, put your hand in a bucket of water and then take it out. That is how much that will affect that organization if you leave. It will have a bigger impact on you, certainly, when you leave, but they'll move on. If you passed away tomorrow, would the entire company take off for your funeral? Mm -hmm. No, you're relying on them. They're not relying on you. And more and more people have really started to recognize that, that they want to be self-reliant. The market in corporate America are highly unreliable entities. I love that you mentioned the legacy piece. That's one of my favorite whys. And it's
0: awesome when I get to talk to Max on the phone or spend time with him when I visit you. And he just is a little sponge. He's just soaking up some of the things that you and I are talking about and learning so much about how he can plan for his future in a different way than You know, right now he wants to be a a football player. (laughs) (laughs) But if he can't make that dream happen, at least we're, you know, showing that there are so many other paths that he can choose to continue to provide for himself and hopefully one day his family.
1: Exactly. And that's so exciting to think about, too, that he's absorbing all of those things from us. It's definitely been one of my favorite things in the past year to watch. So I would love to know what was your favorite moment? out of our first full year of business. Oh man. This was hard for me. I I truly
0: got kind of emotional thinking about this and and I'm a pretty, you know, straightforward person, not overly emotional, but we helped more people than we anticipated and that was pretty cool. You know, I've shared my story. I was raised by two entrepreneurs and I really think that helps set the tone and, sh- and shape my future. And now that I'm getting to help other families, like it's just really, really exciting. Um, I would say the other thing is just how many referrals we've gotten. We have great team members because of referrals. We have fantastic clients because of referrals. Um, so that piece was really special to me too. And then candidly, just owning my time And I think when, you know, I I don't have kids. And so I think when you're in a corporate setting and you don't have kids, people just assume you're going to be this forever workhorse and you're going to work all these hours and that's what's expected of you. It was nice to say, you know what? I don't want to take night calls. I don't want to take bright and early morning calls because I'm not a morning person. I don't want to take weekend calls. I want to take the week off. Um, it was nice to just genuinely own my time.
1: What about you? Very similar to your last sentiment. This is the first time in my adult life I have taken time for myself and not worried about the perception of that in an organization, the fact that I would take a week off and not answer emails and not answer calls from work and really just be with my family. Um, and you really empowered me to do that. There was I mean, I would say a firestorm while I was out in the Bahamas that I had no clue was happening. I was just floating off into the sunset with our family. (laughs) And I'm, I'm forever grateful for that because I used to feel such an immense amount of guilt around any time off. And I just didn't feel that this year. The other thing is we've been able to build our team and we've said before, we're definitely ahead of track on that. And, you know, particularly the marketing side of our business, we have some great partners that we've been able to meet that are fantastic. And then specifically in the Frampath side, you know we've been blessed with Marissa, our directors of sales admin. I mean, she is just phenomenal. And Jamie's joined our team as a consultant and we've been able to grow so much faster and team meetings are so fun and marketing meetings are fantastic. So the individuals that we've met have been great. And then externally, the clients that I got to work with this year, how awesome they all were. I mean, so lucky to work with so many talented people. And, you know, I'm excited for this year. I'm excited to see what's coming in 2023. So I'd love to hear what are you excited about, Brit, for 2023? You know, I hope we get to continue to grow our
0: team to bring on really great people in into our business and to just work with other great entrepreneurs and and potential entrepreneurs. So that's exciting to me. Just I just love coaching, mentoring, leading a team. Um, It's one of the things I'm passionate about. So that's exciting to me. And then we've mentioned briefly on another podcast, we've invested in a franchise You and I, Robbie and I, we've made franchise investments ourselves, so I'm just excited to watch that grow. We have incredible operating partners in that business that we're invested in, and so I'm really excited for that. And then I'm excited to kind of do a little bit of the roadshow, if you will. Uh, We are going away in March for our first kind of regional event of the year, and I know they'll continue from there. I'm just excited to meet brands and see our franchise friends and, and then I think continue to have that work-life balance. We're, you know, planning a family vacation and I've never taken more than like five days off in a row and I'm going to do it. I'm going to probably take two weeks off. So I'm pretty, pretty pumped for that. What about
1: you? I am pumped to put out fires on your behalf for those two weeks. It's really <laughs> something I look forward to doing is not driving the organizational leadership portion of this business into the ground <laughs> while well, you enjoy your Euro trip this year. Um, besides that, I, I think that there's a different outlook on the economy right now. There is a bit of uncertainty that excites me because I think it lights a fire under people's hind ends to start a dream, to move in a direction that maybe they wouldn't have when you're you're comfortable, you're fat and happy. That does not happen. So I'm really excited to get more people moving into business ownership this year, some out of necessity and, and some because it's just the right time. And then I love watching trends and franchising. I love watching emerging businesses We're really seeing some trends winding down and other things ramping up, and we'll do a separate podcast on that, but really excited to see this year what we're going to see in business. And honestly, it always comes back to me for family and friends and free time, and that's why we do what we do, and we help others be in this position too, because I look forward to continued balance and the ability to say yes and no to the things I want to do and don't want to do. And most of all, I look forward to owning my time."
0: Cheers to that, girlfriend. I mean, being able to own our time and help others own their time, I'm just really excited for all that is to come in 2023. And cheers to you. I'm so grateful for you being my partner and for all the people that we helped in 2022.
1: I forgot the champagne, but cheers with this water, Brittany. <laughs> <And> <laughs> here's to a great year. So if you'd like to learn more about franchising and diversifying your portfolio through franchising, email us at info at FranPathConsulting.com. Follow the FranPath Consulting Podcast on Apple or Spotify. Please rate and review us five stars. You can also follow us on Instagram at FranPath, Facebook and LinkedIn at Fran Path Consulting or go to our website, franpathconsulting.com to take your free business assessment.